This episode of the CPA Reviewed Podcast is brought to you by my company, Ninja CPA Review, where you can get all Ninja materials under our new Ninja monthly plan for one low monthly price, which is cheaper than a cup of coffee per day. And Ninja Monthly works with any CPA review course, or it can be used standalone for standalone study. So if you like your course, you can keep it. If you hate your course, well, you can ditch it and go 100% Ninja. And the best part, there is no commitment. So this is not a financing plan. So Ninja is the only monthly plan that lets you walk away after one month, no questions asked, for any reason whatsoever, Every other monthly plan out there locks you into at least $1,500 to $3,000, and you can't walk away. So, But with Ninja, you can. And if you try it, and if you hate it, hey, shoot me an email. I will refund your money. And so there's literally no reason not to become a Ninja right now. So right now, this very second, hit pause and go to another71.com forward slash Ninja, and then sign up, and then hit play, and then listen to the rest of the podcast. Now, after you sign up, shoot me an email, jeff at another71.com. That's jeff at another71.com. And let me know that you listened to the podcast and became a ninja. And I promise I will reply. And while you are shooting me an email, tell me your story. I want to hear it. Okay, that's it. Hit pause. Go sign up to be a ninja. Shoot me an email. And I will see you in the dojo. The following is general advice only and should not be construed as accounting, legal, or any other professional advice. The details of your situation are fact-dependent and you are advised to seek the help of a competent professional. And we are live. Welcome back everyone to another action-packed edition of CP Reviewed or what am I calling it these days? The Another71.com CPA exam podcast. CPA review that's <clears throat> so in the past. It's the Another71.com CPA exam podcast, making the CPA exam far, far, far more exciting than it was ever intended to be. As always, I'm your humble host, Jeff Elliott, a licensed CPA in the state of Kansas by the grace of God and to the chagrin of many, and the number is growing daily. Welcome to episode number 88. And uh, if you want to be on the podcast, you can hit me up in the dojo. You can get a free trial of the dojo. Go to Ask Jeff. Go to another71.com. Click Ask Jeff in the upper nav, and you'll get to check out the dojo for free. Get all sorts of goodies, and you can submit your question via the dojo uh, for free. And uh, as always, Ninja Monthly members get priority response to their questions. We're going to try to do two podcasts a week. Getting a lot of questions coming in, so got to... Uh, Step, step up my, my podcast game a bit. So uh, you can always hit me up also on Facebook. Uh, 48,000 of you like another 71 on Facebook and always thankful for that. Or on Twitter, um, about 18,000 of you. Of course, who knows how many of those are bots. <laughs> I'm sure the bots are very bored by my content. And you can always go to the another71.com forum. We have over half a million posts since 2009, so you can probably... Well, you probably pass the, pass the CPA exam just using the another71.com forum uh, search bar, but don't tell anybody that. All right, starting things off, Mushi says, what exactly is the CPA exam schedule? Does it change every year? Okay, the CPA exam schedule is essentially this. The first two months of every quarter 
our testing months and the third month of every quarter is what they call the blackout month. So, um, so basically, so let's use January, February, and March, for example. January, February are testing months and then March is a blackout month. However, this is kind of a, a recent change is that the first 10 days of March, March will also be um, a, you can take the exam. So first two months of every quarter is when you can take the exam. Then the third month of the testing window is the blackout month aside for the first 10 days. And that's kind of how it works. Um, I read recently that AICPA is <clears throat> considering letting people take, so if you, if you, if you would, take your exam in February or in January, fail it, if they change it down the road, they're considering it, you'd be able to take, retake the exam within the same testing window. That would be huge, but they're just starting to consider that. But anyway, so that's the CPA exam schedule, and it, it's pretty much the same. It's, it's been the same thing forever, except for the, the recent introduction of letting people take the exam for the first 10 days of the testing window and I think a lot of that had to do with sometimes you get like storms, hurricanes, winter storms, whatever. So it gives you some margin there. All right. Let's jump into some CPA exam news, a new segment, CPA exam news. Look at us. All right. So per the AICPA on LinkedIn, they say that Prometric is opening new blocks of appointments for people taking the exam during August and September. So if you previously tried to book an exam in your in your local, your friendly neighborhood Prometric Testing Center, go check it out, see if they've opened up some new um, seats. So that, that was per the AICPA on LinkedIn. And the 2019 CPA exam blueprints are out. You can go get those at uh, AICPA.org. Does it affect anything as far as taking your exam? No. Um, I. I hold a minority viewpoint that CPA candidates should not concern themselves with the CPA exam blueprints. Uh, it's borderline blasphemy, I know. And according to Accounting Today, NASBA released the 2017 Candidate Performance on the Uniform CPA Examination. Now, Utah, Wisconsin, and Missouri, the state of Missouri, uh, were the top three performers as far as pass rates. So. Congrats to Utah, Wisconsin, and Missouri. As a Kansan, I can tell you there's absolutely nothing to do in Missouri except go to Branson. So I understand why they had high pass rates. <clears throat> All right. Um, now, I also saw some things on Twitter. It's uh, a headline, and I was circulating around. CPA exam candidate numbers are back down after modest growth. Now, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's not good. But I dug into the article, so let's look at it. And this is according to the uh, info on accounting today. So from 2007, sorry, from 2011 through 2015, about 250,000 CPA exam sections were taken. Now, the modest growth that they were talking about was a spike in 2016 up to 280K. So it went from 250K to 280K, and then it drops back down to 250K. Now, I looked at it in, like from 2011 through 2015, it, it 
the numbers would go up about two or three percent, down about two or three percent. So that's what I would kind of call what I would consider maybe modest growth. But the spike was due to, so it went from 250,000 exams to 280,000 exams. Okay, so what was the change? Well, everyone was scared to death of the 2017 CPA exam. So you had a 12% bump. And then people took their exams and then it was back down to status quo of 250,000 exams. And so um, I don't think the sky is falling. Um, I think there was just a spike just like there was in, in 2010. When there was a change in 2010, it spiked to like 300,000 exams. And there was a change in 2016 and it spiked to 280,000 exams. And now it's, now it's this, uh, everything is back to normal. So um, I think we are good to go. <clears throat> All right, let's jump into the dojo questions. If you want to be on the podcast and get a priority response to your question, you can go to another71.com. Well, you can go to another71.com forward slash free and you can try the dojo out for free and you can uh, submit your questions through Ask Jeff within the dojo. Shelby says, hi Jeff, quick question. I wanted to confirm that the Ninja Plus videos are still good resources to use. I love listening to Bob Manette's lectures and learn the material really well from him. However, the videos do look a little dated, so I wanted to make sure that this information is accurate and is up to date to rely on during my studies. So uh, when Ninja CP Review, my company, um, acquired the BISC CPA review assets from Thomson Reuters. Part of the package were the BISC CPA review videos. And so I put them out there. I said, hey guys, what do you think about these? A little bit long in the tooth. They were shot in 2015. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, people love them, especially Bob Minnett's videos. The other videos, people are kind of like, eh, I don't know. But people really love Bob Minnett's videos. And uh, he teaches a little bit in every single course. Um, the problem is, I can't update them. And so, you have things like revenue recognition come out. Well, uh, when, when revenue recognition came out, the only thing I could do was I could update the Ninja Notes and, and um, like the Ninja Blitz videos, and obviously the Ninja Book too, but I couldn't update the, the uh, Ninja Plus, it's like Ninja Plus disc, see what I did there? Um, I couldn't update those videos, so I had to pull them. And uh, there's a couple of things that I have to apologize for, like extraordinary items are still in FAR. Well, I think pretty much everyone knows there's no extraordinary items and it's not going to mess you up on the exam. And two years in, hasn't been any issues. So um, yeah, they are a little long in the tooth and, as long, and I will leave them up for as long as people still um, say that they enjoy them. So hope that's helpful. Uh, looks like Dan is watching. Hello, Dan. And got a question. All right. Hi, I love your videos from Puerto Rico. Hello, Puerto Rico. <laughs> I think you're my first viewer from Puerto Rico ever. So, <laughs> hello. Um, Daniel, Danielle, excuse me, writes in, I just picked up the Ninja material and wanted to follow the weekly progress tracker. With that said, week one states to read 25% of the book and all of the notes. Based on my calculation, 25% of the book is approximately 155 pages per week, which is very manageable. I'm confused on how I should incorporate the notes. Should I read all of the Ninja notes even though I, I have not covered the topic through the book reading? Same with the audio. Yes, so when you start with the book, so part of the hang up that people have is, okay, why, why, would I, why would I read the Ninja notes and listen to the Ninja audio if I haven't covered it? And 
there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, the more times that you read through the Ninja Notes, um, the more the information will stick in your head. The more times you listen to the, to the Ninja Audio, like, you know, you stay for seven weeks and you can probably get through the Ninja Audio several times during the week, during your commute, um, that material will, will stick in your head. So repetition is key. And secondly, if you read the information in the Ninja Notes, when you actually get to it in the Ninja book or whatever video course you're using, um, it will stick, it will, it will make that much more sense. And so um, the, first, the first time through, it's kind of like, ah, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing stuff that I haven't even studied conceptually. That's okay. Um, it's normal, and everyone goes through that, or most people go through that, but it's completely normal. So yes, um, from day one, watch or read the Ninja Notes and listen to the Ninja Audio. Sydney writes in, Hi Jeff, I have about two weeks until my auditing exam, and I have about 25, 25 hours of study time per week. Do you have any recommendations on how to utilize this time more efficiently until the test? So two weeks out, okay, so two weeks out, following the Ninja Framework, so if you want the Ninja Framework, you can go to another71.com forward slash free, and I'll probably plug that all day long. <laughs> I will plug my free material. Um, but you can, download, you can download the study planner. But two weeks out from your exam, there's basically two paths you can take. Um, I recommend people two weeks out spend a week rewriting their notes or rewriting, rewriting the Ninja notes. I understand that not everyone will do that. And so path two is to just hit your MCQ. So you yeah, I guess you're in the dojo, so I guess you do have Ninja MCQ. Um, so whatever test bank you're using, Ninja or otherwise, um, hit your multiple choice questions. So two weeks out, just hit your multiple choice questions. Just keep drilling down and, and keep taking notes. One week out, start with your weakest topic first, so auditing. So say that you're really weak in audit sampling, or people tend to struggle with internal control. So let's say that you're really struggling with internal control. Start with that first and then get to 70, 75% proficiency. So drill down uh, pretty deep there and then move on to your next weakest topic. And so there's two paths there. There's the rewrite notes plus the review and the MCQ where you start with your weakest area first or there's just the straight shot MCQ for two weeks. So that's what I would do. Terry writes in from the dojo. Hi Jeff, I failed FAR in May. I skipped a task-based sim on accident. I just took regulation yesterday. I'm taking FAR again on the 6th of September and I want your opinion if you think a month is enough study time since I just need to review mostly. Okay, well, two questions there. Is one month enough, enough for FAR and the answer is it's not a best practice. It is possible. Uh, FAR is probably the last exam that you want to spend a month on. You typically want seven to eight weeks for FAR, just a lot. Um, so if you study 25, try to hit like maybe 27 hours a week, and that should be okay. 25 to 30 hours a week, let's say. And uh, I think you'll be okay for FAR in a month. But at the end of the question, you said, I just need to review. And um, 
that is probably the number one mistake that CPA candidates make is, and then it's that they think I just need to, I just need to um, review because I, you know, I failed and got a 72, I'm only three points away, I'll just review. Typically when people do that, um, or at least when I hear from them, they're like, hey, I scored worse this time, what happened? Well, it's because people cut corners, they just think that they need to review, they need to cram or whatever. When you retake an exam, you need, you need to start over from scratch because um, when you took your exam and scored your 72, you, you were exam ready on that date and you're not anymore. You're, if you went in and took it today, you'd score 65, something like that, or worse. And so you really need to go through your complete study plan. So let's say you score 72, you need to do everything again to get that 72 plus hit like your weak areas plus add like, so let's say last time you, didn't re, you did not rewrite the ninja notes. This time, rewrite the ninja notes. So you need to tweak your game plan a little bit. So I hope that's helpful. Hello, Joe Bodine. Andy says, I've hit the review phase and I'm now trending at 100%, which I think everyone has once they hit the review, correct? I'll stop there. Uh, no, um, the review phase means that you've done every question correctly at least once. A trending score of 100% is a huge red flag because what it probably means is that um, you are, you're starting to memorize your, your questions because you've done them so many times. And so continuing on the question, Andy says, um, my average is 67%. Um, should I now focus on my weak areas in the MCQ until my test date in, in August? Or I'm wondering if I should move up my test date as I don't want to go too long reviewing. I want to pass the first time, but yet I don't want to jump the gun either. I recall you saying that there is a significant short-term memory component to taking the CPA exam. Okay, so, so um, your average score is 67%. That means like since the beginning of time when you started studying, your, your like, you know, you're scoring a 67%. You know, that's like a, is that a D? Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's like a D plus. Um, that's, I mean, you know, if you want to go by percentages, but um, yeah, that's a, that's a big red flag there. So um, you're 100%, so whenever, whenever someone says, um, I was trending at 100% and I failed with a 65, I have no idea what happened. Well, typically I'll ask them, uh, what was your average score? And almost always, it's in the 60s. And that's because um, you can trick any software. I mean, you can, you can answer the same question five times and eventually get it right. And you can trick the software into thinking that you're proficient when you're not. And so um, you're trending at 100, your average is at 67. I would reset your stats. And, and I would start over from, start from scratch and start drilling down by question, or sorry, by, by topic area, and make sure that you're really taking notes. Your exam is, on, is in late August. Try to push it till, I mean, you're talking about like bumping it forward. I would maybe bump it back. Um, and you have a week or two to make that determination. And so I wouldn't do that until then. <clears throat> but I would reset your stats and then start really taking hardcore notes. And, um, you know, if that, if you still have that big disparity between your average score and your training score, <clears throat> that's, a, that's a big red flag. So I'd watch out for that. <clears throat> Let me get some... Uh, to my truck stop water here. <clears throat> okay, sorry about that. Scott writes in, Jeff, 
I took FAR last Thursday after studying for two months, and I feel decent about it. I passed REG and BEC and have my arch nemesis auditing left. I used Roger for all my previous failed attempts and typically watch videos, take notes, then work MCQ at the end after I'm through the videos. For some reason, I feel like watching the videos helps, but I find my mind wandering this time around with only 13 days until my exam. I don't have time to waste on, it, on inefficiency. Regulation expires at that time, and pending a passing score on FAR, I could be done. I have thorough notes for my last attempts using Roger and began rewriting them, but I felt like I was just going through the motions. My question is this, I have 13 days and I am off all, work, off all week next week from work. What should I do? I feel like I need to watch videos, but I don't have time and clearly it hasn't worked for me before. Change it up from Roger completely, read Ninja Notes and Book and Hammer the MCQ. Help me, I want to be done and I feel like I've, wa I've wasted a week watching videos and rewriting notes. I'm trending and averaging 75% and that's just with a few days of review. Okay, 13 days until your exam. Uh, you took notes with Roger. I would keep reading those. And um, it kind of depends on where you are in the multiple choice. If you, and that was a long question, so I kind of forgot where, where you are in the, in the multiple choice. But uh, if you've already gone through all, all of the multiple choice, then I would jump into rewriting the Ninja Notes. You have two weeks left. Spend a week doing that. If you haven't gone through all of the multiple choice and you've just been doing videos, and uh, then I would, I would make sure that you camp out in the, in the multiple choice and just drill down by topic, keep reading your Roger Notes, and, and then keep reading the Ninja Notes, and then listen to the Ninja Audio wherever you go. And I would, I would focus the last two weeks on your multiple choice questions. And um, that's, that's what I would do. Um, if you ever find yourself, this goes for anyone, if you ever find yourself just spinning your wheels and like, you're just going through the motions or whatever, just the best thing you can do is just engage in active learning. That's work, work multiple choice and, um, and take notes if you can, especially if it's a topic that you're really weak on, just try to nail down a few little fact nuggets over that area. Uh, and um, so that's what I would do. Focus on multiple choice, read your Roger notes, read your Ninja notes, listen to the Ninja audio, and I think you'll be all right. Let's go to Facebook Live here. George says, why can't we buy the MCQ separate if we don't need the bundles? Thanks for your support. Um, so we had eight, we had eight products and uh, we simplified them down to three into the bundles like last August, which I think you're referring to. Then in February, we just moved it into one product. So you get all eight, all eight products, which used to cost like 400 bucks a section and it's 67 bucks a month, no commitment. And we just tried to make it as simplified as possible. One price point, you know, you can use the MCQ if you want, you can use the notes, the book, the audio, whatever, whatever you want to use. Try to make it as simplified and as affordable as possible. Most people love it. Some people are still kind of angry that we don't sell the, uh, sell the multiple choice separately, but we just 
we just give it all in one low price and let you decide what you want to use. So hope that's helpful. Mike says, your software got me over the hump and uh, about two of your shirts. Thank you. Let's see. You got my, got my ninja shirt on right now. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <clears throat> Asad says, hi, Jeff. My regulation exam is scheduled for August 24th. I finished going through Becker, and I'm now reviewing and doing Ninja MCQ. I had a question about the best way to tackle regulation. I thought about breaking it up, breaking it up how you have the Ninja notes and the AICPA blueprints with the individual property and focusing on the entities and business law last. But there's quite a bit of pass-through entity information on the 1040, which causes me to switch back and forth between entity and an individual all the while getting the rules mixed up. Is there, is there a better way for me to separate the studying out and cover each section without getting them tangled up? Um, yeah, so like in the, in the Ninja Notes, there's um, like in the individual tax section of the Ninja Notes, there's some property stuff. And, um, but I try to really compartmentalize it between um, corporate, partnership, individual, and then there's also like a property tax. So I would not worry about the AICPA blueprint. So the AICPA blueprint stuff, like that's for the review providers to worry about. Like that's not for the students to worry about. And, um, and so I wouldn't even look at the blueprint. And <laughs> there's some review providers out there who think I'm like, um, well, anyway. It's like mom said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So. Um, so uh, I wouldn't worry about the blueprint. I would just focus on, and, and, and that goes for, for whatever review course you're using. Um, like, you paid them the money, let, let them guide you. Like, if they're telling you to go read the blueprint, well, that's kind of their job. Um, I think we're, we're going to get into the blueprint a little bit later. I'm going to stir up some controversy here. Um, <clears throat> so, so I guess to, to really answer your question, um, just, just focus on on the notes and focus on the individual tax section and don't flip back and forth. Just, just focus on it um, by topic. So corporate tax, uh, partnership tax, property transactions, so getting into light kind of exchanges and stuff, um, and, uh, and then individual. So, All right, Sam says, what exam do you recommend taking first for someone who graduated over 17 years ago? Also, will the Ninja course be enough for me to take the test, or do you recommend to use it as a complementary course to... Okay. Um, <clears throat> in a normal year, I would say take FAR first. Always take FAR first. Like, if anyone says take, an, uh, take another exam first other than FAR, they're wrong, and I've always said that. And um, However, this year is a little different because of the tax reform changing in... January. So if you can get tax reform, if you can get, if you can avoid all the tax reform mess, I highly recommend it. So basically, I have two testing windows to knock to not knock out regulation. So um, this is August of 2018 that this is being recorded. Take regulation first. Uh, if, you, if anyone is watching this uh, any time other than that, like in 2019, take far first. And is the Ninja course enough? Yes, it's enough. And um, I mean, it's you got a comprehensive book videos, my smiling face, um, <laughs> it is enough and people pass using Ninja only all the time. Uh, however, 
my average customer, like by the time that they, you know, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't go into, um, you know, I don't, I don't fly across the country and dance around in classrooms um, presenting my materials. I kind of. Uh, so by the time people hear about Ninja, they've already bought their full course and they failed with their first section, or failed with their first review provider and are looking to supplement. And so the average um, Ninja customer already has another course. And so um, so most people probably use it as a supplement, but, but when someone, like let's say someone fails using their course, fails far using their course, and they'll just go uh, full Ninja. And so that happens a lot. Mark on Twitter says, <clears throat> how do the CMA and CFA exams compare to the CPA exam? Are they just as challenging? I was watching your Facebook Live video and I was hoping that you, uh, and this is talking about the last one I did, that you would have seen this since you took this question from Twitter. Yeah, I said anyone who compliments me on Twitter uh, automatically makes it to the podcast. Um, and. Uh, by the way, there's no reason to follow me on Twitter unless you're taking the CPA exam because I don't, I don't post any selfies of my half-eaten um, Chipotle burrito bowl. Um, Mark says, your material helped me pass the CPA exam. The low cost helped. Okay, so the difference between the CPA exam, the CMA exam, and the CFA exam, uh, I've often said that the, the CMA is like BEC on crack. So um, the the CMA is a very difficult exam, and um, so I, I have a friend who is a CPA, CMA, CIA, uh, has an MBA, and um, he's not an EA, but he said that the CMA isn't as hard, but it it definitely takes a lot of work, and so um, I mean it's, it's it's no joke. The CFA exam. Uh, no, thank you. And um, just you know, think about just the the exam process nightmare that the CPA exam is. Like, at least you can take it all. Like, I mean, you, you can take an exam every two or three months or whatever. The C, the CFA exam is all sorts of jacked up in terms of like scheduling and everything. And I would want no part of it, especially after passing the CPA exams. Like, no, thank you. So, um, so. I don't know if that's a real enlightened answer, but <laughs> uh, CMA makes a lot of sense after taking the after passing the CPA exam, and I I think that you'll get a much higher return on your investment becoming a CMA after taking the CPA exam than like getting an, an MBA. I mean, like um, we're not going to get into the to MBAs because I'll <laughs> I will piss off anyone who has an MBA. But uh, highly recommend um, getting a. If you are going to do something after passing the CPA exam, um, and you can't figure out what it is, like because after you pass the CPA exam, your brain's like, I need more. Like your brain is in learning mode, and I, anyone who's passed the CPA exam, like probably knows what I'm talking about. Like you feel like, I don't know, you, you feel like you're uh, going through withdrawal. You're starting to get the uh, the shakes, and so you've got to start studying something. And so I would take the CMA exam. Um, again, CFA, no thanks. Going into the dojo study group. So Ninja Monthly has a private study group and uh, it's pretty cool. It's actually pretty active. 
And um, so there's several thousand people on there. So Hayu writes in, I'm sure I just butchered that name, apologize. I have about three weeks out until my test for FAR and would like to know your opinion on my study plan. I read the Ninja, I read the ninja book, more like I skimmed it and, re and read the examples. And now I'm just hammering the nonstop MCQs. I reset my data for the Ninja MCQs two days ago and I decided to go do the random route until I pass the assessment phase or close to it during limited time. Then I plan on doing the adaptive learning to see what questions or area that I need to work on. On my last week, I hope to have a detailed chart on what areas I'm really weak on and to work on those until the test day. Should I be adding anything else? I know there are sims, but aren't those just like MCQs without the A, B, C, D answer choices? I am hoping to get the most out of the MCQs because I know they're important. Um, so just like there's a contingency of people out there who think that I'm way off on the blueprints, uh, I think there's a thread dedicated to it somewhere. Um, I am also not a fan of sims, practicing the sims. Now, granted, you know, the CPA exam sims are like 50% of your exam now. However, um, you know, you can practice 25 sim topics. Well, maybe not 20. <laughs> You're not going to practice 25 sim topics. You can practice like eight sim topics and you might not and you might not get, um, but you know that you're going to get whatever topics you practice on your MCQ, you're going to get them on the exam, either in MCQ form or in SIM form. So I do recommend um, hammering out some SIM, so like spend a Saturday doing it. So 10 days out from your exam, spend a Saturday afternoon, knock out some SIMs, totally cool with that. Um, but I'm all about um, effectiveness and efficiency of your study time. And so you're three weeks out from your test, I would wrap up your MCQs. So spend one week wrapping up your MCQs, I would spend one week rewriting your Ninja Notes, and then I would spend one week um, drilling down into your weakest topics working backwards. And that's what I would do. And you said that you skimmed the Ninja book, that's okay. Like, some people just don't wanna read the book, and some people don't wanna get through all their videos, that's okay. Do as much as you can, Absorb much, as much as you can, and then once you, okay, I'm gonna spend seven days on the Ninja Book, or I'm gonna spend seven days on my XYZ CP review course lectures. Spend the seven days, take notes, and then once the seven days are up, that's it. You're moving on to multiple choice. Multiple choice are gonna be your safety net. Um, so, Christopher says, morning Jeff, I took the BEC exam on Monday. Should I switch over to auditing, or should I continue working with BEC? I don't think I passed BEC. I had a hard first testlet and didn't finish my written communications. I would move on to auditing because um, when you get your scores back, if you fail, you're going to have to go back and restart your studying, as painful as that is. Uh, and the reason for that is when I scored back-to-back -back 74s on regulation, so after my first 74 on regulation, I thought, you know, I'm a point away and so I'm just going to just kind of cram. I scored another 74 because there was a few areas that I was weak on, I didn't want to study them. Well, when I, and so, so consequently I scored another 74. And then um, I said, okay, start from scratch, study everything, study the stuff that I didn't want to, and scored a 92. Not because I'm a genius, but because I put in the work. And, and plus tax just, clicks in my brain for some reason. but um, So if you fail BEC, you're going, to, you're going to have to study 
over, start over from scratch anyway. So start on auditing, then go and take auditing. And when you get your score from BEC, like let's say that you get your score for BEC like 10 weeks or 10 days from your auditing exam, ignore it. Like, you know, obviously you're, you're gonna be upset. Go take your auditing exam and then go back to BEC. And that goes for any time you take an exam, move on to the next one. Unless it's, unless it's your last exam. Um, I wouldn't even keep studying for your last exam because, um, you know, just in case you didn't pass because you're, you're going to have to study for it completely, uh, 100% over anyway. And so I'll just give yourself a break. So I hope that's helpful. Mike says, I can say I started with Becker before, this is on Facebook Live. I can say that I started with Becker before I heard about Ninja, the Ninja lessons, and easy accessibility of random multiple choice questions on tablet smartphones throughout the day and batches of 10 is what up my scores by 10 points. I'm an advocate of another 71. Anytime I hear anyone is taking them, by the way, I also bought rot. No. <laughs> so thank you, Mike. I appreciate, appreciate that heads up or uh, that compliment. Um, so, okay. Terry says, I am going back to the dojo. I'm taking my regulation retake on Friday. What do you think is my best, what do you think my best focus is for the last couple of days before go time? If you had to pick a subject, subject to concentrate on this close to the exam, what would it be? So reg retake, all right. So the when I scored my back-to-back -back 74s on regulation, it's because there's a couple of topics I just, they were so boring and so horrible, I didn't want, I didn't want to study them. I'm like, I'm gonna study everything else, and it's gonna be enough to pass, and I don't have to study these others. And I was wrong, because I scored a 74, because I didn't study them. So what those, what those topics were, were light count exchanges, um, with and without a liability swap, AMT, and I don't know, there's, there's one other. If I was gonna pick like, like what a bread and butter um, business law topic would be, it would be agency law. So I would make sure that I hit like kind of exchanges, AMT, <laughs> it's awful, it's like, I'd rather have a root canal than AMT. And, and then I also make sure that you know the ins and outs of, of, of agency law and, and you know, basically your liability to the, you know, when the agent goes and does something and the agent's li liability when it's acting on behalf of the principal and all that. So that's what I would do. Um, AMT, like kind exchanges, and agency law. Of course, everything else is, is important, but I would hit those three extra hard. George says, I'm a CPA now, and your material is one of the reasons. Thank you, George. I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time just to chime in on this, on this Facebook Live, so that's cool. Uh, Gina says, I'm in the same situation as Terry, just for far. What's your advice? Okay. Far. Um, okay. I actually passed far. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. I passed far without without studying not-for-profit accounting. <laughs> uh, that's not because I'm smart, but because I was, I got lazy and I procrastinated and I ran out of time. So um, 
but not-for-profit accounting is a tough subject and governmental accounting so people struggle with like like encumbrances and budget budget accounting because it's not something that you do every day unless you just work in that sector so um, man I would hit not-for-profit accounting and governmental accounting I mean if you can like really nail that down your average person is probably weaker in that area really nail that down of course that's like the you know that's like the most boring thing ever um, so like those are kind of like kind of the uh, like hey if, if you really wanted a horribly boring weekend that could pay dividends those are the subjects I would hit uh, just the more generic topics bonds inventory you know FIFO LIFO weighted average all that and you know, bonds and leases inventory and well that's a lot right there <laughs> I think I just named like half of far so bonds inventory and then not-for-profit accounting and governmental accounting like if you can really lock those down and get into the 80 85 percent I think like I think you'll be in really good standing because obviously the other stuff the other materials need to be a strength as well but I think you'll be good to go for far <clears throat> Melissa says, I'm just beginning my regulation studies and going through the Ninja book. I haven't really gotten to the Ninja notes yet, so sorry if my question is in the notes. Is there a table of individual AGI phaseouts? I feel like there are various deductions credits that have phaseouts that keep it all straight. Seems like it will keep it all straight. Seems like it will hurt my brain. Has anyone in their studies made one of their own? Don't memorize that. I mean, you could. I don't recommend it. So um, I walked into I mean, I just didn't spend time, I did not spend the time memorizing those tables. I walked, so when I scored my 92 on reg, and I don't, I don't, uh, hum, you know, it's not a humble brag when I say 92 on reg, it's, I'm saying, uh, this is what I did, and I ended up scoring a 92, and so I think there's some credence to what I'm saying. Um, I walked in having the section 179 expense and threshold memorized. And that's all I memorized when I walked into the exam. And I did all right. So I don't think that you need to memorize that stuff. And the AICPA has said that, is that for, um, like for the inflation adjusted amounts, they're going to give you that information in the question. So regulation is surprisingly conceptual. With all the tax stuff, it's, very, it's a very conceptual exam. Felix says, how do you use the CPA exam blueprints? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> There's that Michael Jackson meme where he's like eating popcorn. Okay. So back in the day when, you know, you had to walk uphill both ways in the snow and take the exam and uh, <laughs> um, we had the CSOs, the content specification outline, okay? And what I'm about to say is going to just like really, it's going to be like nails on a chalkboard to some people, uh, especially if you have their marketing tied to the, to, to the blueprints. <clears throat> um, we had the CSOs. And then we went from the CSOs to the blueprints. And I hold the opinion. It's my opinion. It's not official. Well, it's officially my opinion, but my opinion can be wrong. Just ask my wife. Um, that the CPA exam blueprints are basically just and an updated 
form of the content specification outline, you know. And some people are like, um, again, it's blasphemy. Here's the thing. When they came out with the blueprints, it's not like they added all of this material. And it's not like, like someone emerged from some cave with this scroll that they're like, it, it's this, this secret map to what's actually on the CPA exam. No, it's the content that you're, that you're already studying just organized in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a different way. And they're like, hey, we're going to test some higher order skills. And, and so these are the topics that they're going to test the higher order skills on. But you still have to know the topics conceptually. And so uh, is there any benefit to a CPA candidate studying the blueprint? I don't think so. Um, is there a benefit to a review course provider organizing their materials? in the form of, of the blueprint? Sure, it's, I mean, it's an outline. You might as well organize it toward, towards the blueprint. The, the ninja materials aren't, but you know, eventually someday they will. <laughs> I gotta get some BEC sims first. But um, so the, the CPA exam blueprints are fine. They're fine to look at. Just like you know, the FASB codification is fine to look at. Should you, for purposes of studying the CPA exam? Probably not. Is it an effective use of your time? Maybe. Is it an efficient use of your time? No. Heidi writes in, can you provide some examples of why a non-issuer would get a review done? I'm trying to understand the process of a review as it only provides limited assurance. It does not seem to be a required process. I would like to know why reviews of financial statements exist. So if a non-issuer, let's say they, they want to get, um, they want to borrow money from a bank and you know, the bank wants something, I mean, it doesn't make sense to get an audit, you know, you're a small company, it doesn't make sense to get an audit, but the bank's like, hey, before we hand you a million dollars, like we need some sort of assurance. And so a review would make sense. So that's when, that's when you would get a, a, that's one example of why you would get a review. Erica says, I failed FAR two times. Last time I took the exam was last November. I used Glime and I studied for three months. Recently I became a ninja, so now I have access to both Glime and Ninja Monthly. Would like to take FAR in late November. Not sure how to approach my studying. I was thinking about reading the Glime book, Ninja Notes and Audios, and use both for the MCQs and the simulations. Any su suggestions? Yes. So see how this is uh, another71.com forward slash free. Instead, go to another71.com forward slash pass. And that will take you to how to pass the exam, CP exam using Ninja as standalone, but also with another course like Glime. So Glime is a great course, and Ninja is a great supplement to use with your Glime course. And so, <clears throat> and so um, it will help you map out, okay, you got the Glime book, got the Ninja book, which one do I use? got the Glime test bank, got the Ninja MCQ, which one do I use? And, and so it, it really all comes down to your preference. <clears throat> if it's your first time through, no, okay. So it's not your first time through, you, you failed far twice. So you know, maybe you've been through the Glime book a few times, maybe you wanna switch it up, switch, you wanna nail the concepts using the Ninja book. Um, but Glime has a great reputation for their test bank and their simulation. So maybe you use the the Glime test bank for your non-stop MCQ and use Ninja MCQ for, 
for your review phase. Or maybe you've seen the Glime, the Glime MCQ so many times, like you're memorizing them, so switch over to Ninja MCQ. So uh, another71.com forward slash pass, it just walks you through how to do that with Glime, Becker, Roger, Wiley CPXL, whatever. So hope that's helpful. Rebecca on Facebook, hello. I'm hoping to take the FAR and auditing exams in October. I will be studying full-time these two months. I will have to travel to take these exams. So she's an international student. What is the minimum gap you would recommend between my two test days? Will one day, one day be too little? Um, if you have to take two exams in the same week, I would take them three days apart. So you, you take your exam and then like, you know, Anyone who's taking an exam, like, <laughs> you come out just like, uh, like, like, like a zombie, and like, your brain is fried, you can't think of anything else, and you just want to just drink a beer and fall asleep. <laughs> um, so, or in my case, a sweet tea. But, uh, so, take your exam, take your first exam on day one, kind of have a recovery day on day two, so the First half of day two, your recovery day. The second half of day two, you start studying. Then you study full bore on day three and take your exam on day four. So you want to have study, rest, study, exam. So two days in between your two exams. That's what I would do. Deb on Facebook Live. I'm studying FAR, testing on November 8th. Some topics bring me to a screeching halt, such as cash to accrual or dollar value LIFO or some other horrible topic that I get stuck on. Would you suggest I look for other resources and stay on that topic until I grasp it, or should I move on to the next module and review another topic and move back to the next challenging topic? Okay. Um, so, Cash to accrual. You know, that's a basic FAR concept, but you might get a question on the exam about um, cash to accrual, like one or two questions, okay? So, um, yes, cash to accrual is a broad topic. I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a basic principle in FAR, but it's kind of a nuanced question within the scope of FAR. Dollar value LIFO, you might get a question or two on it, but it's a pretty nuanced topic. Like, if you're struggling with just the general concept of bonds or, you know, um, inventory, trying to, trying to figure out cost of goods sold, you might want to camp out there and, and really spend some time there and push your exam back if you have to. But if there's some little in-the-weeds, nuanced topic that you're struggling with, write it down on, on a legal pad, so cash to accrual. Dollar value LIFO, struggling, struggling with that. If I have more time, um, move on. Or if I have more time, come back to it. And I would move on because there's a greater chance that you will fail far because you didn't get through all of the material because you spent too much time on that topic than there is that you will fail far because you didn't perfectly understand uh, cash to accrual or dollar value LIFO. And even if you get a question or two on the exam, pick B or C. Like, like, 
pick B or C and move on. So um, you've got to keep moving forward, especially on FAR. I hope that's helpful, Deb. Lorraine. Hey, Jeff. I bet you've never heard this question. I bet you I have. I have one week to my exam, and my studying has been basically nothing. Do I have a chance? Uh, do I take the test regardless for the experience? Okay, not only have I heard that question before, I lived that question. Um, my NTS was, was expiring for auditing. I took BEC and auditing the same day. Didn't study for auditing at all uh, because my NTS was expiring. Why did it, why did it expire? Because I was lazy and I procrastinated and I lacked discipline, I'm sorry. Um, and so I took my BEC exam, which I was prepared for, and then I came back and I took auditing without studying for it. And I actually didn't study so bad, or I, I didn't do so bad. I scored a 69 and I didn't even study for it. Um, and so it wasn't horrible, but I took it for the experience. And hey, you know, you, you, might, you might have that, uh, that Hail Mary, YOLO, whatever the kids say. <laughs> I'm, not gonna act, I'm not gonna try to act like I'm cool, I'm not. Um, so just go in and take the exam for the experience and that's what I would do. I mean, that, that doesn't mean that you sit around and watch, um, you know, the new season of, or last season of uh, Better Call Saul and get caught up on, on this season. You don't wanna do that just because you know that you're throwing a Hail Mary and you know, what's the point? I would, I mean, so, um, okay, go to another71.com forward slash fast, and that will take you to how to pass in 20 days. So take whatever, <laughs> take what's on that, and divide it by three, and, and, and do that. And that's what I would do. So, all right, I think we're, we're going to call it good for today. Hope this is, uh, we got through a lot of questions. So, all right. Well, that does it for this episode of the CPA of, uh, what am I calling it? <laughs> the another71.com CPA exam podcast. If you want to be, if you have a question for the podcast, go to another71.com forward slash free and you will get the free Ninja materials and you also get um, a couple of days access to the Ninja MCQ and the Dojo and you can submit a question through Ask Jeff there. And uh, you can always hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Send me a compliment on Twitter, and it'll likely make it onto the show. I get enough nasty grams that it just, it's just good for my self-confidence. So, All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Be good, everyone. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.